Chagrinda. It's the new Pokemon. Chagrinda. Chagrinda. It's a a regret type. Yeah, a regret and mischievous. (laughs) Am I? You know what mischievous... Mm. The type of mischievous defeats fire. <laughs> right, of course, because you might you're gonna prank the fire. How else do you prank a fire? You pour some water on it. Yeah. Pranked. Gotta be, gotta be pranked fire. Oh, have you ever seen this really funny show called Impractical Fire Pranksters? <laughs> Where they-, <laughs> they all they all get dressed up in these funny, funny outfits with reflective stripes on them that are big and thick, and they have these big hats, and they run into buildings with these big funny hoses, and then they yeah. just prank the fire. They prank that fire. And uh, the entire time they're like, "It's just a prank fire. <laughs> it's just a prank, bro." I, I kissed your, prank. I kissed your fire girl, but it was a prank. Welcome back to Zero Credits, the show where we talk about things. My name is Henry. And my name's Worried About Teleconferencing John. And together we're Henry and Worried About Teleconferencing John coming at you to discuss the cultural happenings of the zeitgeist. It's what I would normally say. (gasps) Uh, But this week... I don't. I don't know. We're gonna talk about some things that maybe happened last week. I don't know. <laughs> what is the reasonable window of the zeitgeist? Oh is no! It... <laughs> I'm glad you asked this question because we do not do this right at all, John. <laughs> I mean, we we typically, I think, what our definition of the zeitgeist seems to be, which is media that came out anywhere from <laughs> one month to six years ago. Or news that broke today. Right. So the zeitgeist normally is a period of time that spans from the dawn of time to now. And you can observe it in like eras like the 80s or the 90s. Uh, What you really can't do is try to pinpoint it today because we're too close to it. But we do so anyway. We defy categorization. You know how people say that modernism followed by postmodernism, you can't say what era you are in right now. We're saying it. Right. You we're, can't in say the, it. we're in the zero credits millennium. Would like to remind everyone that the modern period and the postmodern period ran concurrently with each other and yeah. one did not come after the other. What was the one after that? <laughs> there's nothing after that. There's moder- There's today. Fine. There's- What's Dada? Well, that was, that was post-World War II, right before modernism, when uh, artists were like, hey, 
the world fucking is ending. Let's just create text for the sake of creating text because meaning has no meaning because we're all fucking dead. Well, I'm glad there are no unsettling echoes of that in uh, the current uh, zeitgeist. Ooh, I'm also opening a beverage. Oh, we did it at the same time. I'm drinking a beverage that John left in my fridge. Oh, what is it? Uh, I don't know, but it says um, without compromise on it. Without compromise. Uh, let me, let me, let me. I got a koozie on, so it's hard to read the beer. Let's see. Uh, this is an athletic brewing company run wild IPA non-alcoholic brew contains less than 0.5% alcohol by volume. Uh, brew without compromise established in 2017. I believe you talked about this brew on the show before. I, I Maybe I did. I know I definitely talked about Sufferfest, which was no good. Uh, but how do you find the, the run wild by athletic brewing? If I were to pitch a LaCroix beer... This is what it would taste like. It has like a hint of beer in it. Yeah, I don't think it tastes particularly light because that's not really what it's going for. It it just tastes like a beerish beverage. It's kind of like if they took a full beer and strained it through a filter so that only 0.5% of the beer made it into the can. I feel like non-alcoholic beer, when you take the alcohol away, you lose a lot of the character. I think that Athletic Brewing Company does a pretty good job when compared to something like Sufferfest, which just tastes like tap water and beer. I, however, am drinking uh, almost uh, a beer that is almost diametrically opposed to the beer you're drinking. I am drinking a new Belgium triple Belgian-style ale product of Fort Collins, Colorado. That's right, a heady syrupy, largely headless Belgian-style triple 8.5% alcohol, and so delicious. It's funny to think of New Belgium as sort of like a classic craft beer, because it's basically what it is now. Yeah, I mean, Fat Tire, uh, and then I I suppose Triple. I I can't think of other New Belgium Voodoo Ranger. Voodoo Ranger, yes. They were kind of an OG-ish Right. Uh, I mean, the true OGs are, of course, your Dogfish Head, your Bells, your Lagunitas. Uh, but New Belgium definitely introduced me to the world of craft beer through things like Voodoo Ranger. And you know what? Their triple is really good. And typically, that's something you can only say of beers that monks make. Right, exactly. Uh, the monks of Fort Collins, Colorado, know how to make a good tripel. They do. I was... Uh, buying this beer uh, for a fun beer story. I was buying this beer to uh, alleviate my frustrations and my anxieties about things going on in my life, so I bought a beer I really enjoy. Typically in times of distress, I'll go for a Belgian-style triple. Uh, And I almost bought a 750-milliliter bottle of Golden Drock. Oh, what the hell? Uh, It's it's also a triple, very highly regarded. But I went with the New Belgium, a little bit more affordable, and I think just as good. Yeah, it's funny. In my mind, for some reason, because I started my journey, my my beer journey with Fat Tire and kind of just Fat Tire, uh, they were just a good staple to fill out of like a pick six, pick your own, you know, beers kind of thing. I see it now as sort of like, 
I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. You know, that got, I, that's where I came from, but I'm not going to go for that anymore. Cause Oh, that's boring. I got to try new stuff. I know what that tastes like. What does this new stuff taste like? Yeah. That's always the concern is when you become a, uh, uh, not a beer addict, like an adrenaline junkie, but for beer, you always want to try new things, which is how I ended up being an insufferable IPA and barley wine drinker. Yeah, and you're you're quickly converting me into an IPA drinker because there's the the hazy ones, the fruity juicy ones are very refreshing in the summer. Oh, the next step is once the winter gets a little bit colder, you start uh, you start drinking your Northwest, your West Coast style IPAs. You're like more more ambery, bitey, piney, uh, barley, whiny IPAs. That's when you really know you've gone down the rabbit hole. Hazy well, IPAs are the gateway drug to the dark IPA world. I hope I can resist and just go back to the Hefeweizens and uh, the Porters during winter because those will warm me up pretty quick. Oh, yeah. And of course, you know, Hefeweizens and triples have a lot in common, particularly the strong dimethyl acetate flavor, that banana bready flavor that you get. Yeah, they're both German style beers, so that makes sense. Is Belgium Germany? It's more of a France, isn't it? <laughs> they speak French there. I think so. I uh, Now, of course, Belgian ales have a history in this podcast. We drank an entire one, Le Fan du Monde, when we were talking about some Fast and Furious movie with Kurt Russell in it. Uh, so we, we've, we, <laughs> we've both had triples on this podcast before. It's so uncanny what you do on this podcast, John. <laughs> it's so uncanny. We don't talk about what we're going to talk about during the episode beforehand, listeners. I just want you to know. And yet, week after week, John taps into this weird spiritual realm where he can he, – he sees what I'm going to talk about – and he brings it up apropos of nothing beforehand so I can just effortlessly transition. It, it is he's – he's psychic. Hey, listen. I just know that when we're podcasting, if I hear another mind, I know it's not my own. Oh, God. I hope it's mine. <laughs> well, I would hope so too. I hope it's not like some elder god that also thinks what I'm thinking. Yeah. Now you were thinking that you wanted to uh, feast on the flesh of humankind, right? Every day, bro. <laughs> okay, good. Just making sure. Oh, man. Yeah, I wake up and I say, Today is the day that I shall start the endless feast upon the human flesh and rend limb from limb that which we call humanity. I feel like the uh, the segue potential is rapidly expiring. Let me tell you about everything else that's not related to the segue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. John, some news dropped today to continue our theme of uh, news that we just covered news that drops on Tuesdays, apparently. Newsday. Uh, and I have some unfortunate news for us, John, because it seems as though the version of F9 The Fast Saga that we saw in theaters was incomplete. No, you mean we got a theatrical cut? We got what the uh, industry experts refer to as an, a, a theatrical cut. Oh, that's unfortunate. Is there a director's <laughs> cut? 
But lo and behold, John, <laughs> I don't know why I'm believe. Why am I doing it like this? There will be a director's cut coming to DVD, Blu-ray, Ultra Blu-ray to us in in October. Ooh, Ultra Blu-ray, and a part of this Ultra Blu-ray. I keep I keep wanting to say box set, but it's it's one movie. That's a long director's cut. It's multiple Blu-rays. <laughs> it isn't. It really isn't. It's not. Um, an upcoming Blu-ray release of F9: The Fast Saga will include a special director's cut. Universal revealed today. I am reading an article from IGN written by Cat Bailey. I'm excited for this. I don't think that. Uh... I don't know. Justin Lin hasn't done wrong by us before. Not yet. Not yet. Maybe this director's cut. We'll see why he hasn't released a director's cut of anything before. I don't know that that's true. I actually think there there are uh, a few Fast and Furious films that have director's cuts on the DVD slash Blu-ray. Oh, no. You don't say. (laughs) I, uh, I don't know if you know this, but when we were watching through the original, uh, eight films i actually got them through the austin public library system on blu-ray and i think in a lot of cases there were additional scenes that you could enable arguably saying that there is like a director's cut of a number of fast and furious movies i was not aware of this I totally forgot about it until now, and I think I made a promise to myself to not bring it up for fear that we would have to watch or talk about it. All right. Well, we can come back to that at another time um, because I still want to talk about this director's cut for F9 because we've got some details here, John. Ooh, no John Cena? Uh, no, John Cena is still very much in the movie. That would be weird. Okay, no, not replaced with Tignataro? Not digitally replaced with Tignataro. Shame. Yeah. Uh, This director's cut is going to feature a whopping seven minutes of new footage. (laughs) Are you you joking? I am not. Seven minutes of new footage to bring the total runtime of the movie to a, quote, hefty 150 minutes. Wow. Really making it an even two hours and 30 minutes long. Exactly. Now, I know what you're thinking. Seven minutes, not a lot of time. That's where you're wrong, John. (laughs) I'm apparently wrong. Yeah, fuck you. (laughs) Okay, would you say seven minutes is a lot of time? Yeah, seven minutes is an eternity. That's where you're right, John. We know seven minutes is a very short time. That's where you're wrong, John. (laughs) Okay, got it. It's getting harder to track. Uh, According to Collider, the director's cut will feature seven minutes of new footage that will include beginning, quote, a deepened sibling rivalry between Dom and Jacob, more of Dom's evolution as a father, a never before seen flashback featuring some of the franchise's most beloved characters, (gasps) extended sequences featuring Tej and Roman, an additional Cardi B appearance, and an expanded action climax Featuring the infamous, infamous Armadillo Tank. So there was no Armadillo Tank. Why? How is it infamous? (laughs) This is 
Uh, maybe there's some deep lore. Oh, I know what they're talking about. There was a single scene in the bunker in the movie. We're in the background. In uh, Not in focus. There was a poster that said wanted $50,000 infamous armadillo <laughs> tank. Right, right. There was I, foreshadowing. Foreshadowing for a cut scene. But yeah, so um, they're going to fit all of these things that I just listed into seven minutes of additional footage. Well, that sounds like seven minutes of heaven. I can't believe they would fit. I mean, I imagine Dom being a better father. They show him just like giving like a Tonka truck (laughs) to his kid. Giving him like a graham cracker. Yeah, the deepened understanding of him as a father. And then the... uh, the the flashback to characters we care about. Oh, dude, what if it's a three minute flashback to Sean Boswell and, <laughs> and a little bow wow and they're like eating oh, Greek food? No. Oh no. I was thinking a slow motion six minute and fifty-nine second flashback of uh, Giselle dying. <laughs> Incredible, yes. Never before seen unseen <laughs> members of the Fast and Furious cast. Uh, yeah, that would also be very good. And then they digitally replace uh, John Cena with Cardi B. <laughs> yeah, the, an additional somehow one hour long Cardi B <laughs> appearance because they just, I'd be okay with replacing John Cena with Cardi B. I don't know. He was good in that the Suicide Squad movie. I think he was controversial opinion. I've, I've said this to you in the past and we've kind of fought about it. I think John Cena is a good actor and is good in everything, and I cannot say that for The Rock. We've talked about this. John Cena just knows how to commit to a role, whereas The Rock has built a brand. Yeah, John Cena reads a script and, to the best of his ability, plays a role based on his reading of the script, whereas The Rock only takes roles that are literally written for him. Right. No, I, I agree. I don't think it's that's too controversial an opinion. Okay, people don't like it when I say that The Rock isn't a good actor, but one he of, isn't. One of our biggest listeners hates it every time we we smack talk The Rock. Um, you know what? I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, well, it it happened, but no, I very much enjoy because John Cena, like, he just knows how to how to he just knows how to act. I mean, can we just can we just take a second to big up John Cena for a moment? Because in the Suicide Squad, uh, no spoilers for the Suicide Squad or anything that happens. But like the fact that he was the baby face, ultra American uh, face of the WWE for like a decade, like supporting the troops and and. and then to portray, uh, what's his character's name in the Suicide Squad? Peace, 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 Peacemaker. Peacemaker. And then I kept to, wanting to say Peacewalker. Peacewalker. That's, he is that's a, a Metal Gear. Yeah, he's a big robot voiced by an anime lady. Yay. Um, but to portray that character in the Suicide Squad as well as he did, perfect. Like, yeah. it's perfect casting. He plays it totally straight and plays it well i don't know lots of respect for john cena i don't think he's gonna do the daniel radcliffe thing and go super artsy right out the gate because he's tired of recognition but uh good on john cena 
No, yeah, no. This is a person who's fulfilled the most Make-A-Wish Foundation wishes for children who will then turn around and be in like the dirtiest, raunchiest, most goriest action film of the summer. Yeah, I, I think that was very brave of John Cena. I think a lot of parents are going to put on the Suicide oh, Squad no. for their children because of him being in that movie. And for right. that, I apologize. Right. But most importantly, and no spoilers, but John Cena's not afraid of being portrayed as losing a fight on film. Shots fired. Yes, he is. His ego is not so fragile that he refuses to lose a fight in a movie that he gets paid $15 million to sleepwalk his way through. Right. Boom. Anyway, I'm sure the Jungle Cruise movie is fine. <laughs> I mean... I don't know if I told you about my most recent Jungle Cruise experience, but it couldn't be much worse. Is this a real thing or are you doing some jokes? No, for real. When when we went on Jungle Cruise, uh, the last time we went on, I suppose the first time we went on the Jungle Cruise, um, it was the longest line we were at in all of Disney World. Uh, without a doubt, unbelievably interminably long. Children were like peeing in the line. There was like a problem with the ride and the way the line is set up, you couldn't leave. And it was so hot and weird. Yeah. And then we got on it and it was fucking Jungle Cruise. Right, right. Like it would We be one waited thing. for like two and a half hours yeah. for Jungle Cruise. It would be one thing if it was like the Matterhorn or one of the big attractions that's like, you know, fast and furious. Um, but instead, you get awful, awful jokes that are done by the comedians of tomorrow, unfortunately. <laughs> yes, it's uh, I mean, more power to our Jungle Cruise operator. They were fine. Jungle Cruise as a ride is kind of racist and sucks, Oops. Uh, which is crazy because without that jungle cruise experience we gotta have like a disney podcast or something i'm a big disney world fan now oh uh but like animal kingdom would have been my favorite experience because my animal kingdom experience was you know we're we were tourists so we got there at the day the hour the parks opened and left when they oh, closed the, par the parrots yeah we turned the corner yeah and we turned the people behind disney world they're pretty smart they time starting the tree of life music to the bird show so we turn the corner and then the tree of life music started playing and all these like beautiful great green macaws exploded out of the trees and like swooped overhead amazing and then we ended it with fucking jungle cruise oh wow jungle cruise is an animal kingdom now i might be totally wrong is that am i am i mistaken i don't remember I think it was Animal Kingdom. Where else could it be? I Adventureland. I don't know what Adventureland is. The Indiana Jones ride. Is that... I have we, no idea, We John. saw the Indiana Jones stunt show, but we did oh. not do the ride. I think it's Animal Kingdom is Jungle Cruise. Right in. Right in and tell her. Right in. Let us know. Is. I'm sure I could just go ask, but she's in a meeting, so I can't. Right in. I, I, don't, I don't think you should... I'm not referring to any specific person who might be listening to this who uh, has Disney knowledge. But if you know, write in. Write in. Let us know. We're dumb. We're dummies. You can call us such. Yeah. Please call us dummies. Yeah. We're not afraid to be called dummies. No. 
But did you know there's a director's cut of the Jungle Cruise ride? <laughs> seven, oh, seven more, more jokes. minutes? No thanks. Seven more jokes and eight more racist overtones. Not excited for that, but I am excited for this Blu-ray of F9 The Fast Saga. Yeah, apparently coming out, I, I think, September. September 21st. Uh, you can get a digital release starting September 7th. Why would I read that out loud? I don't know. <laughs> Wow, so soon. Yeah, I feel like it was just yesterday that theaters were safe to go in, and we saw it in the theaters, and it was great and fun and fine. Then we came home and talked about it, and we hated it. (laughs) Isn't it? uh, I don't think that I would say that I hated F9. I know. Uh, I can't remember anything past, like, yesterday. Wouldn't it be interesting, though? I mean, won't it be interesting for us to all be laying on our deathbeds? (laughs) I guess they're all next to each other. Reminiscing about this six-week period where just everything was okay. Man, I think about that six-week period in which everything was okay, and all I can think was, like, if only I knew how good we had it. Oh, I would have been out there every day. I would have kissed everybody. I would have gone to every possible movie and done everything because I would not have realized how badly people would fuck it up. I remember a long, long time ago, I saw – uh, Demon Slayer M- M- Mugen Train in the theater and wept because it had been so long since I saw new content that was so good on the big screen. And if I knew that in just a few short weeks later, all of that would be ripped away from me, I would have wept harder. Yeah, it's uh, maybe this is a good takeaway for life is you never know how good you have it when you currently have it. Right. Uh, For those of you who don't know, for whatever reason, maybe you're listening to this podcast episode a thousand years in the future, Uh, but the Delta variant of COVID has ramped up. It's real bad. The governor of Texas has COVID now. It's a whole thing. He, He got diagnosed with it today, and last night he was at a standing room only event for Republican fundraising. Uh it's just a whole thing it's a whole thing and boy gee good good god why (laughs) yeah i mean it's you know no matter which way you slice it it's sad that anyone has to go through this terrible virus but it is good that at least he was at a republican fundraising event (laughs) oh no um you know, at least that's good uh, for reasons, you know, it's good that he was raising funds, not for any uh, other other reasons. Uh, okay. I don't wish any ill will on the specific demographic of people who would go to those things, which to be clear, I don't wish any kind of harm on your your typical kind of ignorant person who believes certain ideologies for the most part but like well-educated very rich old white people who believe certain things uh i do hold ill will uh against them but i wish them all a speedy recovery from covid if they got it right right i don't know uh it's kind of the thing where it's like hey uh, if historically you are against mask mandates and shutting things down to stop the spread, and now you got it, it's kind of like 
what did you think was going to happen? Yeah, absolutely. The time, listen, Abbott, the time for personal responsibility is now. The time for mandates has passed, and uh, your personal responsibility is to have COVID. Now, of course, uh, not too long ago, there was another high-profile person who none of us liked, who stood weird, (laughs) who had COVID, and we were all like, oh, wouldn't it be great if, you know... Uh, and then he recovered, and it was worse than it was before. Uh, so who knows what will happen this time? Maybe you can only roll the dice so many times, and that's the outcome. Yeah, you know. You can only dodge the leopard so many times before they eat your face. Yes, and I'm not wishing any harm on anyone. But wouldn't it be funny? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> This is you've done this before on the podcast where you're just you, you don't you're not saying anything. I'm not saying it's good for something to be funny. Right. But you gotta admit in in the DNA of what makes something funny, there's some irony. Yeah, there's wouldn't a little bit be, of wouldn't it be funny? There's a little bit of cruelty, be it universal or cosmic, however you want to describe it. And there's a little bit of of poetic justice. Yeah, I'm just saying, wouldn't it be funny as all? It's comeuppance speedy, is the word. Speedy recovery to everyone involved. R.I.P. to those who died. Yikes. Um, <laughs> but yes, speedy recovery. Definitely. Right. Uh, yep. If only there was some way we could stop this. If like, only this could have been prevented. If only this could be prevented. Off the top of my head, you know, if only we could shut down everything at the first sign of a COVID case and just, you know, go into a two-week hibernation period for the entire nation until it's gone. If only that were possible or plausible or being done by any other country on Earth right now. I mean, if only we could... Not even that. If only we could somehow, like, ask that school-age children wear masks. Right. If only we could not threaten to sue schools for asking kids to wear masks. If only we didn't get every level of judge from here to the state Supreme Court involved in a weird pissing contest where they're just, they're either throwing support or revoking support over mask mandates, or not even mask mandates, just schools saying, hey, faculty and staff, you're going to wear a mask. Yeah, I think that uh, we've we've reached kind of a political tipping point where anything that can become a symbol, regardless of its ability to protect lives, uh, is now so charged that people are rushing to the grave. <laughs> Uh, to fight for or against said thing. And for those of you wondering what country I was talking about, it's New Zealand. New Zealand! New Zealand closes everything down for one positive COVID case. And they've done this multiple times. And each time they do it, they get rid of the COVID case. And then they're allowed to act like normal. I remember... uh... A short number of months after uh, the global coronavirus pandemic began, maybe five or six months, there were pictures of music festivals in New Zealand with just thousands of people 
while we were all huddled in our homes watching people uh, storm the Capitol. <laughs> it was right, yeah. uh, bad. It was a it was a bad time to see a country doing it right while we were doing it the most wrong. You, th- exactly. you think? How hard is it to be an immigrant in the Netherlands, you think? I have no idea. Why do you ask? Just because there's got to be a better way. I don't know. If your house is on fire, you leave your house, right? Right, right. You don't stay in the burning, smoldering ashes of your house. Especially if you're surrounded by other houses that are markedly more affordable and have better amenities. Like... Why would you stay in the one house that just has like a sticky note on a window that says, but you could be a billionaire. Yeah, no, I hear what you're saying. And I I think about it often too. It's It's, a a big thing. It's haunting to me. Yeah. No, it's crazy that for the most part, for a large majority of Americans, they never leave their hometown. Yeah. The idea of the idea of immigrating is yeah. uh even an to another state. dream right e- even just to like another city another city in the same state uh, sure they'll go away for college but then they come right back to their hometown buy a house maybe in a different neighborhood from their parents and then they just live there in the in the place where they grew up and that's that that's their life that's it it's unbelievable i mean i don't think that we have much room to to speak it's not like we emigrated to new countries or anything but i've certainly moved to different states right right i'm not saying we're yeah we're no expatriates or anything we're expats whatever it's called i have a distinct problem with the term expatriate slash expat do you want to get into this sure why not it's just what white people call it when they immigrate somewhere because we've charged oh. the word immigrant to mean bad brown person, but expatriation oh. and being an expat is like a it's it's a purely rich white person phenomenon to separate themselves from the idea of being an immigrant. But guess what, dude? If you go to the Netherlands to live there to have a better life, you're doing exactly the same thing as people who try to do that in America, but they're bad and you're good. Oh my God, you're absolutely right. I mean, yeah. Well, we we use the term expatriate and you think of the lost generation, all of those artists and writers who ended up in Paris after the war uh, because they didn't want to live in America anymore. And it is sort of romanticized and glamorized, but they were just fucking immigrants. Yeah, they're just immigrants. The only immigrants that we romanticize uh, and, and it's only because it, it's baked into the language of how we talk about it, is immigration to Ellis Island. Uh, right. But, I mean, I think if we could go back in time, we'd call those people expatriates too. But like, it's all just immigration. Like it immigration is. Is, is, is a completely neutral word that just describes a neutral action. Uh, however, we've we've turned it into something that we can use against people to frame them as other money grubbing brown weirdos who want to take our jobs and security and women or whatever. Uh, I hate the term expat and expatriate. Okay, I'm 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 enlightened. You you've certainly changed my view on that word, and from now on, 
everyone will be referred to as a dirty immigrant. <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, do you think it's hard to dirtily immigrate to the Netherlands? Yes, I think it is. I feel like you got to show this is a weird thing. Not a weird thing. I feel like immigration is kind of the same everywhere, but you got to show you're bringing something to the table. You're not here to cause any trouble. Like, and you're going to be good for it. Like you got to like, there's like a criteria. You got to do all that stuff. And then, then you're on like a probation period for a couple of years. And then maybe you can naturalize. Man, it sounds hard. Immigration sounds hard. It is. Um, you got to go to somewhere where, like Ireland, where it's like, oh, you got any Irish in you? Because we'll claim you. Hmm. I wonder if I could. Lo- I know that I have Turkish in me. Do I want to go to Turkey? Um, Istanbul is very pretty this time of year. Uh, yikes. Okay, Netherlands then. Netherlands. Why? Or Germany. Wanna, why do you want to be Dutch? Actually, I'm like mostly Canadian, Canada, even though they've got problems. I feel like the border is still closed. Yeah, honestly, most of these places are closed off to us. This is but a distant dream of leaving this garbage country behind. You would be so far away. How would I be able to see you? Yeah, but I mean, honestly, if we're, if we're, I mean, we don't see each other now, but if we're being honest with ourselves, I don't know if someone wanted to like raise kids or whatever, I feel like it would actually be pretty foolish to do that in the United States. It would kind of, it would be somewhat cruel. I think it's somewhat cruel to have kids anyway. Right. Uh, well, but especially if someone wanted to have on. kids, I think if you truly are invested in, in the lives of your children, uh, it's tough if you have family in the United States, but I feel like if you really want to invest in the lives of your children, uh, it would be pretty irresponsible to continue to live in the USA. If you had the means to live elsewhere, purely from the perspective of giving your children the best life possible. But that's just my opinion. If that was true, John, all of those Hollywood elites would move to different countries, but instead they all send their kids to the same fucking elementary school. Well, that's the problem is, America is a country for people like the Hollywood elites. They won't have, they can't get better treatment in any other country. Oh, uh, but okay, as long as you're not a Hollywood elite, then you're living in the United States where you will be a uh, horribly oppressed and eventually killed in one way or another. Okay. I hear you. Yeah. So maybe for the average person who can't afford to, it would be better to move to a different country to have children. Yeah, if you make less than a million dollars a year, there's not too much reason to stay in the United States of America. But if everybody leaves, who's going to do all the work? Um, I suppose all the people who rightfully want to move here for the opportunities we offer. I'm confused. The immigrants. No, the immigrants are leaving. No, we are also. So we as the immigrants are leaving, other immigrants are coming in. Okay, wait, are you saying, when you say the immigrants are leaving, are you pronouncing that with an E? Yes, the immigrants are leaving, the immigrants are coming. Right, and the ones who are coming in, you're you're pronouncing that with an I? Yeah. Stupidest fucking thing in the English language. And uh, the people who are here and have no intention to leave are the immigrants. Yeah, they just am. (laughs) Hilarious. Oh, I, 
I couldn't. I don't think I could move to a different country. It's it's too much, too far. I mean, it's a lot, but the internet. I like I like my Popeyes. I'm sure that they have they disgusting fried chicken in other they countries. Don't. They probably have better food that's different. They don't have the sandwich. I mean, I'm sure you can make a chicken sandwich uh-uh. out of the country. You can't. It's illegal. <laughs> You're right. Popeyes. Uh, they, they will shoot you in the head. Popeyes won the the, uh, the fast food wars and they illegalized all other chicken sandwiches. You know, I uh, as a person who doesn't eat chicken sandwiches, I wasn't aware of this development. Well, have you seen Demolition Man? <laughs> I uh, haven't. It's been a while. They have sex with helmets, I think. Oh, I didn't see it. I just know Taco Bell apparently won the fast food wars. It's it's a movie. Taco Bell is like a fancy restaurant in Demolition Man. Because they won the fast food wars. Yeah. Fast food wars, definitely a thing that's still going on. P. Terry's. It's a movie. Dark Horse. How am I going to move to a different country when Alamo Draft House is here? Um, I mean, at the end of the day, do you want to be the person who, if you end up deciding to have kids, you say, you know, I wanted to give my kids the best chance at life and not being hit by a car, uh, or they got cars in Europe. Yeah, but they go much slower and they have no, they, uh, the Autobahn and yes, your children will climb up onto the Autobahn in Germany. Climb up. You think it's elevated? A lot of parts of the Audubon are, from my understanding. You think it's elevated. That's funny. You've I never might, been. I might be wrong. I have no idea. I'm you spent a lot of time in Germany. Up. Listen. I've never been. I'm just saying, yes, you can choose to move to a different country for the well-being of your family, or you could stay for the chicken sandwiches and You ever walk the pizzas. streets of Italy, my friend? I have many times I have walked the streets of Italy. You have to make eye contact with the drivers or else they'll fucking ro- run you over. I mean, drivers in America might do that half the time anyway. So you it's the same. A, you it's familiar the with a strode? It's the, the what? No, a it's strode. a strode. Stro- like an, a strode? It's my biggest problem. One of my biggest problems with America. It is the, uh, it is a street road. So it is a high speed, typically two to four lane road with speeds like a street. Austin is full of these things. So they service, for the most part, like mixed use development. So it's like strip malls, but also uh, places like Cedar Park, Round Rock and Pflugerville have a ton of these. But it's where houses plus businesses are. Okay. And- on these strodes, you typically end up with slip roads, and a slip road is those roads you can get into where you can sneakily turn right at a stoplight uh, without actually stopping at the light. You can slip into the other lane. You just have to yield. Does that make sense? Yes. Uh, horribly deadly. Uh, slip roads cause way more fatalities than any other kind of road. They typically lead off of things like strodes, uh, and strodes also typically don't have sidewalks so they're very unlivable they destroy residential neighborhoods strodes are bad american infrastructure is very bad i hear what you're saying and the, i reject it but the chicken is the greatest, greatest country ever made john cena baby where would you live i mean there's a lot of countries i would probably want to live somewhere uh, that doesn't have currently a rising far-right movement, which is getting harder to find. Good luck. Definitely getting harder to find. Uh, And then I would probably live somewhere that 
makes better use of like mixed use developments like houses next to shops rather than strict zoning like we have in America. So I would have like a walkable life and maybe not have a car. I would just want to move to a country where my life can be like smaller, self-sustaining, the Netherlands. Okay. I mean, those are all great points, but leave raising kids out of it. I mean, what's good about America for kids? I'm here. <laughs> yeah, you're here. And look how you turned out. No, it's just, uh, come on. I, I, they got TV. <laughs> they have TV in they other do countries, not. too. They don't. They do not. Popeye's won the TV war. <laughs> the Popeye's channel with their coffin floppers won the TV wars. Listen, don't you want to send your kid on their merry way, slap an iPad in front of them so they can walk straight out into the middle of a high-speed residential street and get creamed by a Toyota Tundra? Don't you want that for your kids? So the difference is you can parent better than and, and try to do be the best parent you can despite the environment and you might have a great kid. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if you can do that no matter where you are, if you can be the best parent no matter where you are, it would be nice to have an assist from the environment, right? It's Im- But you act like moving to a new country is so easy. I mean, it's not easy, but it's easier you than it's like ever there's been. A, you act like there's a choice. I mean, there is a choice. Not everybody makes the money you make, John. Listen, the... I'm I'm not saying, essentially what I'm saying is for people of the means to move to a new country who so want the to Hollywood raise children. Elite. The Hollywood elite, absolutely. And that's it. Listen, moving to a new country, there are people in the Netherlands and Sweden who make $30,000 a year and have two kids and a spouse and like... How are you going to afford the fucking plane ticket to get over there? Listen... It's all part of the plan. You what just plan? have to. You just have to How buy to my ten-step program. Sorry, I'm, t- I'm okay. You just have to. It's a ten-step program. And listen, moving is not that hard. I've moved with a backpack full of belongings more times than I can count. Across international lines. <laughs> Not across international... Listen, the one thing that anyone has moved to a new state or made a big life change should recognize is changing your location is typically a lot easier than you think it is. And yes, you would have to pick your country carefully. All right. I have typed in on a whim the easiest countries for Americans to move to. Uh Uh-huh. Uh... Number one, they're not numbered. It's a top ten, but they're not numbered. I hate this. Okay, so the top one on this list is New Zealand. Okay. New Zealand's great. I've been hearing a lot about New Zealand. Uh, Apparently, anyone between the ages of 18 and 30 with approximately $3,000 in the bank can apply for a working holiday visa. Oh, yeah. The Hollywood elite, Henry. This visa gives travelers 12 months to live as a Kiwi can work for the full year or study for six months. For those over 30, it's a bit more complicated, but still possible. You'll most likely need to get a job with a New Zealand employer, be a skilled worker, or have money to invest. I mean, all of those are pretty similar to uh, to people who are relatively affluent 
moving to America, I think sometimes you can get an investor's visa for as little as like $10,000. And that's not saying you spend $10,000 to get it. You just have a net worth over $10,000 and prove that you have the ability to invest it. In a country where most of the, the country working two minimum wage jobs cannot afford rent, you are saying it's easy for people to move to a different country. I'm never in this have I said it's easy to move to a different you said, country. You said everyone has a choice. You have a choice if you're specifically, if we're talking about being the kind of person who wants to raise kids in America, which is a fundamentally expensive exercise that most people do without the financial means to do so. Uh, but if you're someone who has the choice of where to live based on your familial bonds, your economic placement in society, if you have a choice, what I'm saying is I don't know that it's a rational thing to do to raise children in the United States of America. Okay, well, I hope you like paying Seattle prices. <laughs> I hope you like paying Seattle prices for universal health care, baby. Living in Auckland will cost about the same as living in Seattle. Sure. And then there's more sentences, but I'm not going to read them because they don't support my argument. Also, yes, living in the capital of the country has similar <laughs> prices. To you're right. We're I'm moving a, on. There's We're nowhere on. you could live in New Zealand that's not Auckland. You're right. You're moving on, Germany. You got to learn German. It says. Okay, sure. We've all got Duolingo. That shit's free. Oh, okay. How are you going to have your cell phone service, idiot? Uh, data. What? The, you're going to charge overseas roaming fees? Oh, they got Wi-Fi in Germany. No, they don't. Yes, they do. Popeye's no, won the Wi-Fi war. I forgot. No, no, Germany doesn't pronounce it Wi-Fi. They pronounce it Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi, you're right. Uh, cost of living varies from city to city. <laughs> oh, really got me. Uh, Munich is the most expensive city to live in, and it will cost about the same as living in Philadelphia. Oh my god, the Philadelphia prices to live in the capital of the country. Uh, let's see, let's see. Actually, Munich is not the capital of Germany. Of, of course, this, uh, you can gain residency by studying, finding employment, or investing. Financial stability is required, and you'll be accept expected to assimilate into the culture. You Sorry. Sorry, John. You got to eat worst. Actually, I can get on a whole thing about this. Germany is actually arguably the most vegan friendly country in the world. Not not it's not included in this one paragraph. They this. have a, they have a vegan uh, grocery chain. They have a number of uh, vegan restaurants. The world's strongest vegan lives in Germany. We're moving on. So is the thing that we move on when I come up with reasonable counterpoints? I, like a lot of people on the internet, cannot deal with being proven wrong. That's <laughs> so, fair. That's fair. That is a, I also uh, have that problem. Uh, Mexico is on this list. Skip like, it. <laughs> Skip it because I don't know enough about Mexico. Oh, okay. Well, Mexico City is beautiful. It says cost of living is cheap. Great. About half the cost of U.S. living with no cities named. Nice. That's the person who wrote that article really did their research. Oh, Mexico is one of the easiest countries for Americans to move to. It's also if the you, most popular. 
Wow, if a million Americans now call Mexican home now. Mexico City is beautiful. You can get a renewable six month tourist visa. And for temporary residency, you just have to prove that you've made $2,000 each month for the last six months. That seems hard to do for some people. It does seem relative. I think what's baked into all of these is that you would have to be a relatively well-to-do, yeah. like internationally economically viable person. Ooh, the crime rate is relatively high. Worse even than the United States. I mean, yeah. The machismo patriarchy is corrupt and in a constant simmering war with the drug cartels. <laughs> I mean, what? <laughs> Let me... I I love Mexico and I love the people of Mexico, but I don't know that it would be my first choice of places to move to. Right. Uh, next on the list is Australia. I'll skip that because they close their borders until next year. Ooh. Also, uh... I don't know about the, uh, from my understanding about the crime in Mexico, a lot of that might actually be kind of xenophobia. Could be Uh, overblown. Yeah, but I digress. I don't know enough about it. Yeah. Um, The shortest flight you can hope to get to Australia is over 15 hours, while most take 20 to 30 hours. 30 hours? That's a whole day. That's a whole day, but thankfully you go through that time thing where you get the day back. Oh, well, only in one direction. Uh, yes, you never get that day back. Well, no, like if you fly over the international dateline in the wrong direction, you've lost two days. You just have to never go back. <laughs> you can, you can only, wow. The Czech Republic, how do you feel about that? Uh, I don't know anything about the Czech Republic. Okay, well, it's cheap. That's good. Yeah. Uh, you need proof of funds around five thousand five hundred U.S. dollars, health insurance, and a business plan related to the Czech Republic. Okay, that's interesting. Wait, so you need all of that? That's hard. That's not easy. This makes it a great European choice for digital nomads and entrepreneurs. Hard pass. Yeah, that's uh, that's interesting. Okay, you can move to Van. Uh, Vanada. That's where you just ride around in a van. You just... Van life. No, Canada. But the cost of living is very similar to the U.S., so what? What? what's the point? Uh, universal healthcare. Top cities have gotten very expensive. Difficult to get residency. Listen. A lot of houses in Austin are going for $200,000 over list price after 30 offers. That's it. We're going to Thailand. I mean, Thailand's beautiful. Um, Only 25% of the population speaks English. I mean, that seems actually reasonably high. Yeah. Okay, as as I go further into this article, there's less and less details. (laughs) And then (laughs) they're like, like, this is another country. But you know what doesn't, you know what's not on this list? Hmm. Uh, the Netherlands. Well, the Netherlands is interesting because as long as you can claim citizenship to the European Union, you can live in the Netherlands. Can you claim citizenship to the European Union? I'm looking that up now because all of these have actually been a lot easier than I thought they would be. You're trying to find heart? I mean, no, it's just that since these are easier, it's actually getting kind of tempting to me. 
All right. Well, I guess it's been nice knowing you. We got the internet. We haven't seen each other for weeks. We saw you exactly a week ago. You're right. You adopted the brother to my daughter. Yeah, you can have him. It's going to be tough to get him on the plane. Uh, That's not what I want. (laughs) Oh, it looks like you have to petition the European Parliament. Ooh, tough news, buddy. Mm. They don't take petitions very well. No, I've I've heard a lot of uh, talk of petitioners. Well, it was a nice try, but I guess I live in America where all the children die. They don't all die. They could. Easier than in other places. Oh my god. I don't even I just don't see how I you... just can't I can't believe this is how our friendship's gonna end with us having children. Oh, I mean that's how our friendship was going to end no matter what. I can't I can't deal with them. Uh <laughs> they're gross. They're gross. Uh yeah. I just don't see how you could not see the point I'm making. I see the point. I'm just going to fight, fight, fight. <laughs> Listen, I get it. You want American children hot dog. <laughs> I get it. I just, I just feel like if you want kids, you're not going to let where you are stop you from having children. Yeah. I mean, it's, you're not going to let stop you from having children. But the point that I'm making is that if you have the option Here's my thinking. If you have kids, would you say if you have kids, you're having them for your own personal entertainment? This is a loaded question. If you had children, would you purely be having them for your own edification or entertainment without a concern for their quality of life? Well, having kids, you never are concerned with their quality of life because you're forcing them to be alive. Um, But also, it's also that the native drive of the species and legacy like there's a lot tied into it more so than just personal entertainment or edification but would you say then that the most moral thing if you're choosing to like uh rip something out of oblivion and force it to be alive that the most moral thing you can do is try to give it the best chance at like happiness and stability possible like if you had equivalent options where you're like i could have a kid and after i have that kid i can cast it into a life of of burden and strife unending or if i have a kid i can do something where i know that at least some of the variables of burden and strife would be removed i mean the thing is about having children is you can you can bring them up in the best environment possible with all of the the worries and stresses minimized as as little as you can and they can still hate you and they can still hate living and they can still regret everything environment does not needlessly uh mean that you're gonna have a successful child for sure and you drive to work every day right but you don't I, yeah. drive off a bridge while you're driving to work, no matter how great the desire can be. Like, but some people do, John. Yeah, some people drive off the bridge. But I'm just saying, like, is driving off the, the bridge, like, even though if you're driving to work, reasonably, if you're driving to work, you do everything in your power to make sure that, like, 
that drive to work is something that is like productive and unharmful for yourself and those that you love. So like, I'm just saying if you're having kids and you have the option moving somewhere else, if you don't like the way that the United States is makes sense, or at least is an option to consider. Oh yeah. Always an option to consider. I'm not saying you shouldn't consider, you know, any, you know, I'm not saying just live of what's handed to you, but I have a scenario for you, John. Yes. You move to Germany with your kid Uh huh. and you bring them up in this great environment only while they're out playing with friends. They stumble upon the bunker that Hitler died and Hitler's ghost inhabits your kid. And now you have to raise Hitler. What are you going to do now? Jackass. Well, I'm just glad that I gave Hitler proper support and I would hope that I would give him a more caring environment than the one that he had. And he actually becomes a successful art student, even though that one painting of a steamship is really awful. I'm sorry, but no, he has all the memories of his past life and he, he all he wants to do is, is raise the fourth Reich. Wait, Henry, have you read my spec script for raising a little Hitler? <laughs> I'm getting distinct raising little Hitler vibes from what you're telling me. I'm not saying I I didn't skim it. Okay, well, if you had read the entire script, you'd know that they love him anyway. Yeah, but it doesn't matter because he's Hitler. Listen, it it always he's Hitler. It always matters that it's the last line of the script. Everyone <laughs> looks into the camera and says, "It always matters that you're Hitler." <laughs> anyone oh no i don't want to say it never mind <laughs> uh it's 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 the ending monologue from spider-man into the spider-verse <laughs> anyone could be hitler it's uh you know i i like that ending coda better than my original last line which is uh god bless us even hitler jesus um, I feel like you would, you would find it harder to leave the country than you're thinking. Yeah, I I think there's a lot that I find very comfortable here. Uh, and I have uh, friends and I have significant others who have family that is alive in the country. So extricating myself from that would be difficult. These damn ties that we have. Now, if we can import the work-life balance of any other country to this one i feel like that would be great yes that would be great and also uh socialized medicine right right uh the traffic system cycling walking food being better generally if we could uh oh yeah yeah we could import all of that stuff that would be pretty cool that'd be pretty cool yeah but in the meantime you just have to export yourself and I guess import your Popeye's chicken sandwiches. I just feel like they're going to be cold and gross by the time they get to you. I mean, you can have them flown in. <laughs> All you need is $3,000 in your bank account and enough money to pay your personal Popeye's chicken sandwich uh, valet for his multiple flights every time you want a sandwich. It's all you easy. Need. It's easy. If you've got the option, do it. Yeah. Why would you not do it? Man, I can't believe that we spent so much of this podcast with you defending everything about the United States of America and how much you love it and how good it is. I'm 
obviously suffering from Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> you know, you wouldn't be suffering from that if you moved to Stockholm. But I can't because they have me hostage. Do you see the problem? I see the problem, and now you love them. I love them. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Man. We were about to throw hands there for a second. I mean, we still fundamentally disagree. Oh, yeah, but we've come to an amiable disagreement. Yes, I I think that, uh, you know, at the end of this, one of us loves the United States more than the other one. That's fair. Maybe I just love where I am, John. Maybe I can't fathom a future where I'm not where I am because my imagination is very limited. Every time we sleep, we die. We wake up anew. (laughs) Okay, Shakespeare. (laughs) I don't know that that's Shakespeare. The little, the little death. Oh, the little death of sleep. <laughs> also, could mean an orgasm and oldie timey speak. Oh no! Is that how they died back then? No wonder it was the a plague euf- was so popular. It, there was, it was a euphemism. Mm-hmm. There was a belief that, that this is. Oh, I can't believe there was a belief that every time you orgasmed, you died a little. Uh huh. Belief. Yeah. <laughs> there was a scientific fact that yeah 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 i gotcha <laughs> makes sense yeah you're spending your life force that's why boxers can't do it before a fight right because they need to be the most alive yeah you can't go into that ring more dead than your opponent right right yeah makes sense. that's what weigh-in is for <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) You know, you specifically weigh in only exists to prove that the two competitors are equally uh, young, dumb, and full of gum. Oh, God. Uh, Yep, that's what it is. Well, this got off the rails. F9, the Fast Saga Director's Cut, coming out September 21st. Yes, coming out September 21st. And then uh, an argument about... Emigration. Yeah, coming to you 20 minutes ago. I just don't like the idea of people automatically judging me for decisions I make. Don't worry, Henry. If you decide to have kids, I will already have judged you. Well, that's it. As I expect you to judge me if I end up making a similar decision. That's it. Well, I've already judged you based on your entire chi. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. You gonna see Free Guy? <laughs> Probably. Our yeah. theater's gonna be safe again. Uh, apparently, we're going this weekend, so I don't maybe vaccinated. I don't care. No, I should care. <laughs> I should care. I should care. I don't know. It's... I'm vaccinated. I don't care. <laughs> oh, oh, are you gonna get a booster in eight months or whatever? Yeah, actually, there are uh, some people. The immunocompromised are getting a booster now, and apparently. Uh, Greg Abbott said he got a booster. Well, he lied. Yeah, lying Greg. Lying in state. Parody humor. Uh. Yeah. Greg. What? Greg? What? Greg Greg Abbott? I, I... Okay, are you trying to tell me that I didn't give you, that I didn't just give you a golden segue by interrupting you to yell Greg? 
Are you trying to tell me that that wasn't good radio? Was I not being supportive when I interrupted you to yell Greg? Oh my god. <laughs> I feel well, I have so many Greg. Just, uh, shut up. <laughs> All right. I feel like at this point we have nothing left to do but tell the good people what they've won. Yes, indeed. If you are Greg, uh, you can send us and uh, God, what's what's the point? (laughs) (laughs) Did you just lose lose all motivation to do the social media plugs before you even started? If you're Greg, you can send us a tweet to ZCPCWHJ on Twitter.com, which stands for Henry. That's right. And if you're long, Greg, you can send us an email to email at zerocredits.net, which is an email address. It certainly is. You know, you can just get one of those. Any, any, uh, any domain name that you pay for, you can just get an email address. We are on Spotify. You can find us by searching for zero credits in the podcast section of Spotify, where we get most of our listens. How many listens we got, Henry? Oh, this week we're up to four. Four, baby. That's up 25% from three and 33.3 repetend percent from three. We are also on Apple Podcasts. Search for Zero Credits Podcasts on the Apple Podcasts, and you will ideally find us. We are on your podcast scraping platforms of choice, your CastBox, not Stitcher, your Google Podcasts, your, your Pod Hound, your, your Chow, your ear, ear Chow, your Brain Food, and your Slam Dunk. Find us on the apps. Uh, one of the most important ways for people to find out about the podcast is for you to leave a rating for the podcast on your platform of choice, uh, Apple Podcasts, for example. But the best way for people to find out about the podcast is for you to flap those beautiful gums at your friends and those who you think dumb, because word of the mouth is the only way we can survive. So tell all those fucking dummies... Tell all those fucking dummies in your life about the podcast. Then they'll listen like little cows they are. They'll just put they'll just put on the podcast with their little dead cow eyes and listen to it and rack up our listens. And then we'll become millionaires and then we'll move to the Netherlands. We'll never podcast again because we got what we wanted out of you, you stupid cow. Just kidding. We love you. Bye. <laughs> and from everyone here from the Zero Credits dairy farm studios where we milk you sad saps for your moolah we want to wish you a happy week moo moo dummies (laughs) oh bye bye
I should not have been drinking. 